What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Saturday, July 8th, 2017. You guys listening to episode 314. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, Paul, it is Saturday. How come this didn't come out on Thursday or very early on Friday like it normally does? Well, there's a reason for that. It looks like I'm going to be doing a very special podcast um, uh, sooner than later. I can't really say exactly what, but there. it looks like I'm going to be doing a... I don't want to say it and have it not happen, but I think it's pretty much happening. I'm going to be doing a very special podcast um, on Wednesday. So I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, I could I get this one out, and then I found out that there's going to be one quick turnaround, so I wanted to kind of give you guys a double, a double little thing here, a double dip on the regular one, because then there's also the Patreons coming out. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a uh, pretty cool, busy week for the TVE podcast. Uh, I hope everybody had a good time in between. I hope everybody had a uh, happy and healthy 4th of July. I hope everybody still has their fingers or limbs. And God, God, I hope there's not a listener where that was an issue. Uh, if it is, I apologize. But that shit happens and it's scary. Uh, we had the uh, annual uh, Verzi 4th of July party, which uh, was another epic, unbelievable success. Uh, thanks in most part to my wife who just went above and beyond with fucking everything red, white, and blue to like macaroni salad. Like she went off. It was crazy. Uh, we had a ton of people, so I'm going to get into that. I'm going to, uh, talk about some stuff, uh, that bothers me with the, uh, unacceptable. So you guys can complain when I fucking do that and go, yeah, you know, he's always complaining. It's always, it's like, no, it's a fucking segment. You dopes. It's an unacceptable segment. You're not going to do an unacceptable segment and not complain. Think about it. Everything else is fine. There's no, there's not complaining on anything else. It's just the unacceptables for everybody, not just myself, to get it out. You know, to get it out of your system. Just fucking, you know, vent. You feel good. It's therapeutic. I got a couple of things that annoyed me. So there were like small little things that almost made me snap. So I'm just going to address all of them. I'm going to address all of them. Of course, your guys' unacceptables, a little bit on sports, the disaster that is the New York Knicks. Um, we're going to talk about uh, some some dates and some uh, great comedy announcements that I have coming up. Uh, very busy summer. Um, so uh, sit back, relax, and get ready for a regular full-fledged TVE, guys. Uh, whether you're in your car, whether you're on the treadmill, at work, just listening at home, buckle up. For TVE installment 314. But first, as always, the Verzi Effect has to uh, shout out the sponsors. The Verzi Effect is sponsored by Chassis. Chassis. That's right. You guys have heard me talk about this amazing premium uh, body powder that has a hydro shield technology. That's right, folks. It is man care for down there. Um, I, like I said, I use the product and it's great. Um, what it is, is it is exactly what it sounds like. It is man care for down there. It is a powder, a ultra fine, soft powder. Okay. That, uh, goes down there by your, uh, your, your little package or your big package, depending, but, uh, you will have dry balls. I can promise you that. Um, it is an amazing, amazing product. 
Uh, and the best part about chassis is it contains no talc, it con uh, contains no aluminum, uh, no power bends, and uh, no menthol. Okay, it is just an amazing, amazing uh, all-day protection against sweat, chafing, and odor. And guys, uh, like I said, when I've used this product, it has been absolutely um, amazing, amazing. Uh, even you know, especially like in the summer, you're just amazed how hot it is outside, and you are dry down there. You can get the uh, scentless powder. You can get the powder that has an unbelievable scent. They also sent me this um, five-in-one shower primer which, uh, you know, it's like deep cleans, eliminates odor, uh, moisturizes skin, softens body hair, and reduces friction. So, I mean, this is just, I mean, you could get all of this, and they have an extreme cream, uh, which soothes irritation, helps prevent chafing, um, and it's just, uh, it's a powder extract, uh, extract blend. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's amazing stuff. You guys can get this uh, chassis on uh, chassisformen.com or Amazon. And um, there was an amazing um, thing was happening with this is people are coming up to me. And I'm not even kidding. Like people are coming up to me going, dude, when you talked about not having fresh balls until you use chassis, <laughs> I went and got it. And it's amazing. I actually got an email this week from somebody saying my balls have never been fresher. So I'm not kidding. Um, and one bottle will last you, I think, like three to four months, even if you use it every day. It's amazing. So please check it out. That is Chassis. Go to ChassisForMen.com. That is C-H-A-S-S-I-S ForMen.com or go to Amazon. You guys will thank me. The uh, Your significant other will thank me or thank you. Uh, so check it out. Chassis for men, man care for down there. And as I said before, the ball game is over. Uh, also guys, city living dog, go to CityLivingDog.com. city living dog services and coach Mike, an amazing dog trainer who has also been contacted by Versi effect listeners. And I've heard from them saying coach Mike is amazing. If you have a dog, you uh, listen to my show, and you want to reach out to Coach Mike, he, even if you're far away. Uh, I'm sure he would answer questions. Uh, if you are in the New England area or the Northeast or whatever, uh, hit him up. Amazing YouTube uh, clips, amazing Facebook Live clips. You can check him out on all of his social media, his Twitter, his Facebook, his Instagram, his uh, YouTube, all of that stuff. You could check out what Coach Mike and City Living Dog does. The guy just does it with patience and confidence with the dog and can really transform an absolute shit show to being the dog that you want. Uh, and I'm going to have to have him come over because Lloyd is acting the fuck up a little bit. Not, not, you know, I think it's the weather. I think since the, our schedule is so crazy, it's kind of throwing him off of a routine. So uh, I'm sure we'll be able to write the ship. But Coach Mike would, uh, would definitely be somebody that uh, can do that. Uh, and also All Things Comedy, guys, go to allthingscomedy.com for your favorite podcasts, All Things Records for your favorite comedy albums. Uh, they are producing my first comedy special, which is going to be shot August 13th at the Terrytown Music Hall, which I am super psyched about. You can check out all of their podcasts. Uh, go to allthingscomedy.com or follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy. Speaking of theaters in Westchester, um, I... Had an absolutely amazing time uh, opening for my good friend Bill Burr in Porchester at the Capitol Theater uh, last Friday and uh, Saturday. 
it was uh, awesome. It was just, uh, I think, a little less than 2,000 a show. And uh, we just, it was just amazing. And, uh, you know, I know that you guys, if, if you did listen to Bill Burr's podcast, some of the things that he said about me and, uh, you know, what he thought of my set and, and my material and stuff is, is so humbling. But he basically told me that I'm not going to be opening for him anymore, uh, which we knew anyway. You know, uh, we only really work together when he's really close to the house or we do a sporting event. But um, just had an amazing time. And to have a, a comedian at that level uh, say what he said um, was was amazing. So, uh, you know, uh, my manager came out. It was really cool. Um, club owners and some people came out to the shows. Uh, even saw Gary Baba Bowie from Howard Stern was there. And um, there were some television executives there. It was just really fun all around to be able to perform in front of uh, all those people and, and have a great time. And, uh, but more importantly, having somebody like Bill, um, say that, and that's, I'm just saying that for the people that do listen to Bill's podcast as well. Uh, it really was an amazing time and an amazing theater. One thing was funny was, uh, there was a 12 year old in the front row and then there was next to him was like a 14 year old and I'm on stage at this big theater and I'm having an absolute blast and we're having fun. And I just stopped the show and I was just like, dude, how old are you? And he said, 12. And, like, everybody starts laughing. I was like, dude, you have really shitty parents. But I was totally joking. I mean, that got a laugh, but I was totally joking. Basically, it means that his parents are fucking awesome is what that means. Because uh, when you have parents do that, and it reminded me of when my dad took me to Radio City Music Hall when I was, like, 9 or 10 to see Rodney. Um, And, no, I'm sorry. It was 86 or 87. Yeah, I was 9 years old, I think. And my dad took me to Radio City to see Rodney Dangerfield. And he also took me to the movie theater to see Eddie Murphy Raw, which he was forbidden by my mother and um, grandmother. Like, you can't take him, you can't take him. And he took me, and it changed my life. It really did. So uh, I saw this 12-year-old there, and we had fun with it, and they were into the whole thing. And, you know, they were so into, you know, being there and watching, and, you know, Bill, they loved Bill, and they sat there, and they understood the comedy, and they took pictures at the end, and it was really cool, but it was it, it made us be like, holy shit, dude, you're going to hear some shit tonight as a 12-year-old that's going to make me feel like a piece of shit. Like, I did a sexual joke, and I was like, man, I'm sorry. I wish I didn't say that. And I go, no, you know what? Fuck it. You guys are here. You need to learn it. Where, where else? If you're going to learn something bad like that, might as well be here in Portchester, which is not the greatest town. Um, but it was awesome. So uh, anybody that uh, reached out to me and said they enjoyed my set, enjoyed my show, I appreciate it. Also, people there saying that they're coming out on August 13th. Um, I'm being told August 13th is sold out, but I'm also being told that there are some tickets available in the balcony, so I don't know. Uh, there's a month left, but uh, I hope to see you guys there, and uh, yeah, I had such a blast in Westchester, and, and the one thing that I felt really um, really happy with and amazed with uh, was the love uh, that I got from Westchester County. Uh, you know, when I came on stage, they knew me, and I felt it, and... Uh, I did feel it. It was really different, you know. I'm so used to being on the road or, you know, performing in Phoenix or performing in, you know, Milwaukee or Indianapolis or fucking... You could be anywhere. Even when you're in Rhode Island or Boston on the East Coast or out West, it's all great. And some of the people listen to the show, they love you and they show you the support and it's great. But to be home, man, like I'm not going to lie, it felt really amazing to be home, to feel the love, like... It really was a different thing, and uh, I just felt it, and it was so fucking crazy to just feel like love and appreciation for what you're doing from the people that like, 
you know, feel like you come from them and they know you and love you. So uh, not to be corny, but it was a really uh, special moment and special feeling for me. And I was like, man, you know, if uh, if Terrytown is half of this feeling, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing. So I'm really uh, really appreciative and 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 looking forward to it and, and very humbled. So if you were there and you were somebody that gave me that feeling, um, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, all right. So let's get into the show now here, guys. Um, there's a couple of things that I wanted to talk about to, to get off my chest. But what I first need to do is see how many of you animals uh, submitted to the unacceptables. Because that is something I like to know. Because if it's crazy, I'm one of these people where like, I just have that thing of like, you know, Mickey Mantle striking out four times at a Yankee game and uh, his teammates seeing him crying. And they're like, dude, why are you crying? And he's like, ah, there was somebody. There was somebody. And I, I know that's an extreme thing because you guys could keep submitting. But he's like, there was somebody out there that's not going to see me again that saw me go 0 for 4. Well, I don't want you to take your time and fucking write and write. And then I don't get to it. And you were like, motherfucker, I wrote that on Tuesday. All right, this looks like, let's see what we got here. Uh... All right, we have some. Okay, all right, we got another. Ah, wow, we got some. All right. Okay, so one, two, three. All right, but it's not crazy. It's not crazy. Um, so I'll get into that. But first, let me get into my unacceptable. Okay, I noticed something about people. And I guess it's not, not some kind of crazy revelation. It was understood. But people are more assholes when they're hot. I believe that. Or when they're going into the hot or in the summer. Uh... I feel like you're more, like a real piece of shit, a real selfish piece of shit is going to be more selfish and more of a piece of shit when it's, when, when it's not freezing, um, when they don't, you know, you're not really inclined to help people. This is just my theory, and I'm probably 100% wrong, but this is my theory. In the winter, you're kind of inclined to help people, right? If you see somebody slipping, you'll help get them up. I, at least I would hope you would. If somebody's trying to shovel out their car, you should go, you know, maybe help them. Or, you know, you're really cold and you don't even have time to be an asshole. It's just kind of like, you know, everybody's got scarves and hats. You're trying to do it. In the summer, right? And again, probably no evidence of this at all. Like, this is just my thought. But in the summer, you go outside, flip-flops, t-shirt. You know, it could be hot. You're waiting to get inside. And I feel like you could be the asshole that you really fucking are more at that time. I don't know. Maybe it's just a theory, but I feel like when it's cold, you're so concentrated on being comfortable that you don't really have time to, you know. It's like I used to do this joke. Somebody else had something similar. So when I heard that they had something similar or they they did it after me, actually. And I go, oh, I've been doing that joke. And they were like, and whatever. I, I don't even need to get into that. But I did this joke about how when you're so cold in New York City, you bump into somebody, you wouldn't even fight. You'd be like, ah, fuck it, just go ahead. Like, that was my bad. You know, because you just want to get inside. When it's hot in summer, this is true. Uh, crime rate goes up in the heat. That's right. Uh, I think it's because people just just kind of lose it. You just you just kind of lose it. It's, it's hot. You're all whatever. Um, so lately I've noticed when I've gone into places, people have a little more carefree, more selfish thing about them. Happened three times. Actually, no, no, no. I, I can't say that it happened I can't say that it happened three times in the same day with the same thing. The first one was going to be my unacceptable. 
but then I, I erased it. And I'm just going to tell you because I have a couple of them, but this is just something that I've been noticing. Okay, this is a, a very observational, you know, I want you guys to really think and look at this shit when you're out there and then write me or get back to me and let me know if I'm crazy or if I'm onto something. First one, I took my kids to this Mexican uh, place. They like to get the kids burritos from this Mexican place. Um, like, a, like a Chipotle, but more of a local, a local place uh, where, you know, where we live. And they love it and they love getting the kids burrito. Now, my daughter... She always gets, and this isn't the selfish part of the, of the weather change. I'm going to get to that after, but this was going to be my first one. I'm going to let you guys know, because you know what? You guys deserve it. You had to wait a little bit extra for this one. So I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you three, three unacceptables on this one. Um, I, if I could remember the, th- the third one, but I think I can because it was just people being assholes. But the first one, my daughter on her burrito my daughter likes to get chicken, rice, and cheese, and that's it. Just chicken, rice, and cheese, wrap it up. My son, more like his mother, picky, doesn't want a certain cheese, doesn't want this and that, so he goes, Dad, just get me rice and chicken. I just want rice and chicken and my kid's burrito. So I said, fine. So the guy looks at me, he goes, what do you want? I said, I need two kids' burritos, one, chicken, rice, and cheese, that's it. The other, chicken and rice, that's it. He's going, all right, all right, all right. So he puts the... He goes, you want beans? I go, no beans. He goes, no beans? I go, no, 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 no beans, dude. No beans. Here's what I want. I want one with chicken, rice, and cheese. That's it. The next one, I just want rice and chicken. That's it. That's it. So he goes, uh, okay. All right, no beans. So, so he grabs a scooper and he puts rice down on both. I'm like, okay, so far, so good. Then he takes chicken. He puts them on both. I'm going, good. Then he takes cheese, looks at me, says, cheese on just one? I said, cheese on just one. He puts the cheese on. Then he starts looking around in front of me. I'm right there. And then he just grabs a fucking spoon of beans. And I'm going, he better be doing this shit for somebody else. He better be, especially after this just happened. Okay, especially. And then he just looks both ways and just dumps it on my daughter's fucking... I go, no, 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 dude, 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 no beans. He goes... Oh, yeah. And then he gets rid of it and does it again. Uh, starts making it again. And then he goes, all right, no beans this time. And then he made it right. And I wanted to be like, dude, I'm not even trying to be a dick. We're right. We're having a con- It's not busy, dude. We're having a conversation right fucking here. Like, I don't know what part of... Like, I just don't know how it could even be a, a discussion. Like, like how could it... How could it be anything? Like, it, 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 how the fuck did you put beans on it? That's what I want to know. How the fuck did you put beans on that? And I kind of like, the guy was all right. I kind of laughed it off, but it just goes to show like zero attention and zero caring. So I was like, all right, that's really fucking unacceptable. Not in a bad way. Like I'm not going to rant or complain about that. You know, I'm not going to go nuts like a regular unacceptable. All right. Cause I got a couple of those. But that was just like, I, I mean, I wish you guys, if you, you would have thought the guy was fucking with me. That's how base, like, that's how blatantly like, Hey, yeah, no, no beans on anything. He's like, you want beans? No, no. And then just did it. And then he was so in the fucking routine of grabbing a scoop of beans and put it on that. Like I couldn't, you should have saw my face watching him do it. I'm literally going, no, he's not going to fucking, there's no way. I mean, there's no fucking. And then he just did it and he goes, Oh, like it's just such a brain lapse, but whatever. Then I got a couple of doozies after that, that were like, fuck this. So. Here's the other one. Same place, two minutes later. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm going, something's going on here. Something's in the fucking air here. Some people aren't paying attention. I don't know if they're afraid to go out in the heat. I don't know what's going on right now. I don't know if they're thinking about their vacation, but I walk up to the cashier. I'm with my daughter. You know, I got, uh, and my son, but my son was going to get a, a table for us. So they start putting the trays of our food out. And the guy was done paying. You know when somebody's done paying, but they take their fucking time putting putting their money back? Now listen, sometimes when somebody's waiting and I'm there and I pay and they give me like four singles and change, I hate just throwing the money in my pocket because I'm going to end up fucking losing it or taking my pants off after and leaving the fucking money in there. So I'll take maybe three seconds tops, if that, to just get the four bills in my wallet, put it in my pocket and dump the change in my in my other pocket or whatever, you know, and, and, and leave. This dude was paid. I'm not bullshitting. He was fucking paid. God is like waiting. God has changed. I think purposely, I'm not kidding, maybe 10 Mississippis after the transaction was done. And the worker's just waiting there looking at me going, I know it's your turn. I don't know what he's doing. And he put his money back. Then he did this. Then he grabbed his receipt. It was almost like this man was testing me to go, move, you fucking asshole, move. It's over. Like I got so, I'm sitting there, my daughter's sitting there, my daughter's confused now. Because like the man already paid, my little girl's waiting for us to get our food, they saw our food get put down, and this guy's just standing there, fucking standing, not a care in the world, and I'm like, alright dude, it's, he's got to grab it right now, he's got to go right now, doesn't, and then I kind of just start, I, I got pissed, I just I just kind of was just like, I don't know if I made a sigh, or I, but I, I don't think I did, but I'm just kind of like tilting my head like, is this is this dude serious right now, is this dude serious, and then, he waited and then took his tray and then slowly took his drink and slowly walked away. I wanted nothing more than to grab this guy by the back of his shirt, both hands just over both of his shoulders and just crunch the shirt and full-fledged push him, kick out his legs so he fucking slaps down on the ground on his fucking face and just go, go, fucking go. You fuck, wake up. Oh, God, I felt good even just saying that. And he fucking walked out. And I looked at the lady like, what the fuck? And she just kind of tilted her head and smirked like, yeah, I don't know what that was. Absolutely unacceptable. I'm fired up even saying it. You should have saw. It was almost like the guy going, I'm going to take my sweet time. I don't care that there's people behind me. You know, maybe he's having a shitty day at work. Just absolutely annoyed me. Then, then guys... Next day, next fucking day, take my kids to a burger joint. I know what you're saying. Do you ever eat at home? Not really, okay? In the summer, kids, I like to take my kids out, like to do shit with them. When I'm home with them, we go out. We have fun. So I'm like, you guys want to go to this burger joint? They're like, yeah, we want to go to the burger place. Well, my son wanted to. My, My daughter wants pizza every day. If my little girl had to eat pizza every day, she'd eat pizza every fucking, she doesn't care. She just wants pizza. Sophia, what do you want to eat? Pizza? Pizza? All right. Uh, what else for dinner? A pizza? Maybe pasta, but pizza? You know, she's she's like, she's got the Italian in, the, you know, the Italian that I have, she has it full flat. Like, that's what she wants. She wants pizza all the time. So we're like, listen, so if we got pizza last night, why don't we do a burger? My son's like, let's do a burger. You know, she could do a turkey burger. We could do. So finally, we talk her into going to this burger joint. We go to the burger joint. We get the food. Food comes. Food is very good. My kids are like running around playing. And I say to them, listen, 
pay attention. There's people around. Okay, there's people around. You got to, you know, just be aware. You know, little kids, they don't know they're eight and five. They're running, playing, talking about stuff. They're in the stage where they're talking about like, you know, dirty stuff that they see. I mean, dirty stuff for them, like, you know, poopy and pee-pee and, you know, butts and all that stuff and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So they're just laughing, having a good time, doing what kids do. And there was a woman walking, not even a woman, I should say probably in her 20s. She's probably in her fucking 20. Like, the, I, my guess would be this chick was like 26, 27. And she's walking, and she just had this cold look on her face, like no no smirk, no smile. And she's walking towards my kids, who are slightly in the way, but not even. She could still get around them, okay? So the kids aren't blocking anything. She's not going to walk into the kids. But me trying to teach my kid manners and being the father that I am with my kids when they're out in public because they drive me nuts when there's no manners and when they don't aren't aware of things like that. Uh, obviously, I do a fucking podcast called Unacceptable. I'll make sure that my kids act a certain way. That's just, you know, that's because I, you know, I didn't sometimes. I didn't. I did a lot of fucked up things when I was younger. I did. One that stands out to me was I was in a restaurant, of course, trying to make people laugh, trying to have people think I was hilarious when I was like fucking 10, 11, 12. And I was in a fucking Italian restaurant. I just took a, I, I, like, I would like just get up and do a cartwheel in the middle of the restaurant just to make my four friends hysterical laugh, you know, whatever. I will, I took, I remember one time I did something fucked up. I took a French fry, put it in ketchup and just fucking threw it against a wall to watch it go down the, the, the glass. And my friends were fucking cracking up. It's an awful thing to do. I was a little kid. It was stupid. Um, and a man said, you're in a restaurant, son. And I was like, fuck you. But he was right. He was right. You know, um, you know, where was my dad for those times? No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, so so um, I look back at some of the things I did that, that I'm disgusted with. Or, you know, even when you're a kid, you're like, shit, I did that. I never, you know, when you have kids, you're like, I never would want my kid to do that. So anyways, back to the story. Uh, I see this lady, no expression on her face, in her 20s, walking. And it happened a couple of other times. We were in a toy store, and I said, oh, sorry, sorry, the kids are... No problem. Then again, after after this incident, uh, a guy was walking with us. I said, oh, sorry, they're just... No, no problem. You know, they have kids. They get it. This little bitch was walking towards us, probably 10 yards away. My kids are just running around jumping. I go, come on, guys, somebody's coming. Watch out. No expression on her face. Clearly heard me say it. It was just me, her, and the kids. And I go, come on, guys, get out of the way. So she doesn't even look at me. She doesn't break... She does not break where she's staring, does not look at the kids, smile at the kids, okay? These are little kids playing. You look at kids and smile. I look at kids and smile, you know, cute kids, whatever. My kids are gorgeous. Fuck you. So no, nothing when I say, oh, sorry about that, you know, and she just nothing. And then uh, and then as she, oh, no, uh, no. First I say, come on, kids, get out of the way. And she doesn't say, no, it's fine. She doesn't even look at them. But then as she walks right next to me, I go, oh, sorry about that. They're just playing. Nothing. Just kept staring. And I just literally, I think I said like, wow, or are you serious? Like, I, I was just like, that was ridiculous. And my kids are like, what? And she just walked out stone cold fucking root. And it's just like, what? How do you, like, even if I, I got to be honest with you, even if I found out awful news, if I found out, that God forbid one of my animals got hit by a car or something, right? And I'm in that fucking burger joint. I'm not even kidding. I really think this. Again, could be wrong. Not in this situation. But if, if I found out that like, you know, man, your cat got fucked, you know, 
your cat got clipped by a car, you got to go home, they don't know if he's going to make it, whatever, he broke his leg or something. And I was in that situation. And I walked out and somebody said, oh, come on, kids, move out of the way. And then looked at me and said, sorry. Even when I'm like, fuck, I'm going to go, one of my animals might be dead. I'm going to be like, hey, no, no worries, no worries. Like, that's what you do. Like, how fucking rude are you? You know, and we were in Connecticut, which is, you know, Connecticut's got, uh, God rest his soul, Mike, uh, Mike DiStefano used to call it Connecticut. But like, you know, because yeah, people got money. Some people got money and they're entitled out, out there in Connecticut. And we're not in Connecticut. We're on the border. I'm in, I'm in northern Westchester, but I'm not far from Connecticut. And we go to, you know, the town there sometimes. Just really rude. And like, you know, and it was also where I was trying to show my kids something. And just for her to be that cold really pissed me off. And I just, I'm just, I look at people and I'm just like, man. You know what? That's, you're just going to be like that. That's who you are. I don't think you could change that. You know? Not a, I, I, guess, I guess at the end of the day, and even if I go to the, to the, you know, the origin of the unacceptable segment on the Versi effect, is that it, it's, you think people are going to be like you. And, and people are going to fucking not be like you. They're going to be different. Not that you're perfect or I'm perfect, but like, I feel like for the most part, you know, People would like do that. And I mean, listen, maybe the girl was having a bad day, but she seemed like she had cunt face. She really did, man. It was, it pissed me off, obviously, since I'm talking about it on the show. All right, that's it for me. Those are mine. The three things. The bean one was more funny and just like, dude, did you just not, like how out of tune are you? But the other ones were just like, oh my God. I feel like if the guy that was waiting so long to like get his shit together at the cashier and then the girl the mean cunty girl who walked by the kids, no expression. I feel like if they got married, they would have to be eliminated because they would not be able, they, they should never be able to reproduce. Um, all right, here we go. Let's go to your guys' unacceptables. Here we go. Uh, unacceptable, can't pull the trigger, stand up from Josh. Josh says, hey, Paul, my unacceptable this week is on myself. I've written about uh, I've written about years worth of jokes and think I finally have enough material for my first five minutes of stand-up comedy. My problem is I'm too scared to just get on stage. I know that I need to uh, get on stage to conquer it once and for all. Yet I'm intimidated by the notion of bombing in front of total strangers. I know bombing is part of the process too, but it's that initial hump I can't get over. Completely unacceptable for me to lack the courage to pull the trigger. Lock me in a room <laughs> uh, with a room full of drunk hecklers and throw away the key until I finally come out, man. Listen, Josh, I'm going to tell you something right now. It's very easy, brother. You know what? Have a drink. You know, I did, the first time I did a bring a show in New York, I had a couple of beers to just loosen me up just to get, just to get the, you know, get over it, you know, at the beginning. I think the first time I ever did it, I didn't have a drink. I did an open mic, but it was like an open mic where like there were singers and this and that. Um, listen, dude, the best advice I could give you is the people are not going to be great. Okay. Everybody's, everybody's new. Everybody's at the same level. All right. Um, you could even address this is the first time I'm ever doing this. They're not going to expect anything from you, but just go and have fun. You know, the fact that you took years to write is crazy because I just wrote fucking five awful minutes quickly in like a week and went up. So you're probably just take the five best things you have or the six best things you have, whatever, 
whatever. I mean, five best minutes and just go up there and do it, dude. I'm telling you, you're going to feel like a new person and you're going to feel like, wow, I just did something. Whether it's for you, you know, in the long run and this is something that you want to do, that's yet to be determined. Um, but if you go up there and you like it and you feel like it, but either way, the way you'll sleep the night you did it is like, oh, wow, I did something. And obviously you love stand up. And obviously, uh, it's been something that you love. So, you know, you're going to say, and you could say, hey, man, I did something. I remember the first time I did it, I was just so thrilled that I did something that, like, Richard Pryor did. Like, even if it was going to be one time, I didn't know where this was going to lead me. I mean, I, I I always wanted to do it. I always thought I was funny. But then all of a sudden, when I knew I had the ability to, to get better and better, you know, then you just go. But at the beginning, it wasn't about anything. It wasn't about getting to a level. It wasn't about getting famous. It was just about doing it. And I remember just being so unbelievably like happy and feeling like I did something in my life that Richard Pryor did. And it was a really cool thing. And here I am today. And some people try it and like, I tried it. It wasn't for me, but at least I tried it. That's what you need to do. You need to find the next open mic sooner than later. Get out of your own head. I'm serious. Get out of your own head. Find out the soonest open mic. Sign up for it. Okay. Have five minutes. Know it like the back of your hand. You know, have fun with it regardless of what the crowd does. I just did a show and there was all these younger comics and they just go up there and fucking shoot the shit, man. That's it. And just, you know, do a shot or drink a beer. Just loosen up. Don't get hammered. Obviously, be ready and know what you're doing. But, you know, go up there and do it, man. I'm telling you, it'll be worth it for you. Thank you for the submission. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Let me see what else we have here. Okay. Kelly Meyer, everybody. Uh, Rude-ass bitches. This is Kelly Meyer, rude-ass bitches. Hi, Paul. I am driving home and had to pull over and send this email because I'm so fucking pissed about this unacceptable rude bitch I just ran into. Oh, boy. I'm telling you, Kelly, it's the weather. Uh, I stopped at a gas station on my way home from work about 10 minutes ago. A mother was carrying her two children. uh, One infant in a carrier, and a toddler about three years old. I rushed ahead uh, of her to open the outer door for her and then snuck around her also uh, to also open the inner door as well. She didn't thank me, nod, or smile or anything. I grabbed my items and went to checkout, and the mother was at the other register checking out as well. She finished before me. And once again, I went out of my way to open both sets of doors for her. And again, no thank you. Oh, God, this is, I can't. See, that's what I'm saying, dude. I didn't even, how crazy is that? This TVE coming around, I'm telling you. When there's a lot of shit ones, everybody's shitting. When there's a lot of fucking people are acting like bitches, they're acting like it's crazy. It's crazy how it comes together. Uh, And again, no thank you from her. As she walked to her car, I yelled out, you're welcome. And made sure my tone was genuine and not sarcastic or condescending. She turned and said, excuse me, with a shitload of attitude in her voice. I said, I just held open four doors for you. See, that's why I love you, Kelly. Because this is amazing. This is what we need to do. I just held open four doors for you in the last two minutes and you couldn't even say thanks. She went off on me about being broke and having to haul around her kids and blah, 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 and I should mind my own business. I said, being polite doesn't cost you any money, and you've already run your mouth enough to say thank you about 30 times. She replied with, fuck off, you fucking prick. Oh, my God. 
So I said, what a great example you're setting for that little boy. I hope you don't get into an accident on your way to the white trash mother of the year awards. Seriously, the fuck is wrong with people? Unacceptable. Dude, that is fucking... That's amazing. You know, and it's like, again, it's like, what are you doing? You think the world revolves around you? You think that this individual needs to run and open the fucking door for you? It's like, you, you, nobody needs to do that. And then he was, I mean, I wouldn't see, this is where Kelly's a better man than me. Because after the first two doors, and then I saw, I would never run for the next two doors. I would hope she fucking, bro- I would hope she was walking with her kids and her nose hit the glass and she had to like stay up to just hold her kids and deal with the pain while her eyes are tearing because her nose hit the glass. Her eyes are tearing and she's in pain, but she can't fall because she's got to, the kids are first. So she's got to like hold it together in pain. That's where I, my head would go after the first two doors. So you're a better man than me. Um, unacceptable. P.S. Excited to see you, especially in August. Sincerely cannot wait. I'm so glad you're coming, Kelly. Also got tickets to Alexis's pizza tour that weekend and hoping to catch a show in Long Island as well. Uh, the Saturday before. Well, if you can, you can. If you can't, um, you know, uh, the Long Island shows will not be Terrytown. I can tell you that, uh, venue-wise as well and, and all that. But thank you so much, man. Uh, it's going to be cool to uh, to have you in the building for the special. It's awesome and great, unacceptable, and you're absolutely right. I don't know where these people get off. I don't know what the fuck is going on with people, but the uh, the courtesy and the the, you know, people just being thankful for people going out of their way to help or, or, or even going out of their way to just be nice and courteous. Like when I was a kid, there's somebody coming to not even address it. It's just people suck, man. Uh, thank you, Kelly. Um, here we go. This is unacceptable. NBA tanking from Alex. Uh, let's see. Dear Paul, first off, love your comedy in the podcast. Also, the good fellas breaking ball sketch you did had me in stitches. I'm a longtime listener from England. First time writer. There you go. Thank you, Alex. This is perfect. Uh, so it's Broad Alex uh, Alex Broadley. Um, okay, uh, here goes. NBA tanking is unacceptable. As well as being a big fan of the NBA, in particular the Pistons, thanks to Grant Hill, I'm a big soccer fan, and of course there are plenty of things which are unacceptable in that sport too like uh, diving, uh, corruption at the top, player agents having too much power, etc. But at least every game is competitive, except in some countries where the corruption actually gets down uh, to pitch level, uh, bend refs, and bribe players. The problem I have with watching the NBA is that there are so many meaningless games. I look at the people in the stands and think, why do you bother? You're uh, shelling out for the ticket, travel, refreshments, and most probably merchandise. For what? For yet another dead uh, rubber. Yeah, you're right. Dead rubber. Yeah, where the players are most interested in their next tweet uh, or which cheerleader they're going to have to kick out of their hotel room the next morning than playing defense. The NBA needs to introduce league promotion and regulation and change the structure of how college players come through to the professional level. Equally is great, but the worst teams getting uh, most highly uh, rated college talent doesn't really do enough to ensure uh, parity. Yeah, you're right. When a lot of people in the league aren't putting in any real effort from January onwards, we'd love to hear your thoughts uh, and also, any plans to come to England soon? Yes, uh, I plan to come to England hopefully uh, next year. 
Um, definitely something that we're talking about. Uh, once the special comes out, I have a couple of things that I'm, you know, I'm putting together. But uh, definitely uh, England is something that I would like to have happen uh, in the next year, year and a half tops. That's something that uh, I think will happen as well. Um, as far as, uh, first of all, thank you so much for listening from that far away. Thank you so I'm glad you like the Goodfellas thing. Um, and I love, you know, that you're writing for the first time. I agree with you uh, a thousand percent on the NBA. The NBA is just in a really bad way right now. Um, the Golden State Warriors are going to be there for the next three years. Uh, I think uh, LeBron and the Cavs are going to be there for the next year or so. And then depending on if he stays and tries to bring more people into Cleveland or if he goes somewhere else. But it's just a little silly how it's like um, there's no balance. There's really no balance. And, you know, people, I said it's the WWE. You know, you get excited about certain games, but you know the outcome. You know, I remember people go, I think the Wizards are going to do it. I think the Washington Wizards have a, oh, wait, no, they don't. They're done. You know, and it's like, I think, uh, I think that, you, you know, uh, this team is going to, even with the Cavs, it was like, I, I you know, I knew the Cavs weren't going to win that series. And I said on Facebook, and I publicly said, I'd be surprised if it went two. And I said, you know what? Out of respect for LeBron and Kyrie Irving, I'll give them two. And they didn't even get two. They got one. It went five. Um, it's easy to see. You know, I think people just like the sport. I think people that like the NBA, they get enamored with the players and the, how good the players are now. And they talk about, oh, you guys see what Russell Westbrook is doing? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. You guys see what, you know, Harden is doing? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It takes team. That's why, like, teams like the, the San Antonio Spurs can compete because at least they play as a team and they have good coaching. But even them, they're not going to get over the hump when it's stockpiled like this. So... I, I agree with you. I think it's really bad. I think the league is in a bad way. I think the commissioner knows it. And I just think that there's just not enough balance. And I think that they do need to change regulations. I think they do need to change the structure of the draft or how things happen. I mean, look at the look at the NFL. The, in any year, the NFL, even though I know you could say, well, the Patriots, but the years that the Patriots don't win, other teams make the playoffs. You know, like, the, the thing about the NFL is one year, all of a sudden, you could look up and be like, wow, the Jaguars are in the playoffs and they're making noise. Or they, you know, it, it's it's just, I just don't know what, what it is with the NBA lately that, that is, is, you know, I, I think too many games. I think 82 games is too many. You know, 82 games is ridiculous. I also think 16 teams making the playoffs, when you have half the fucking league making the playoffs, you also can have teams that aren't even 500 make the playoffs in the NBA. It's a joke. You know, the eighth seed is never beat the, the, the first seed, the top seed, right? You know, it's always a sweep. It's like a joke. It's like well, people get happy because they're you know their franchise makes a little money and they're in the playoffs. It's a joke. I remember a couple years ago, the, what was it, the, the Charlotte Bobcats or whatever were in the playoffs. And they got swept. It was a joke. It was embarrassing. It's like it's just a waste of time. Somebody could get hurt. I agree with you. Thank you for the submission. Thanks for uh, listening. Uh, okay, here we go. This one. What, let me see how many we have. Let's see what, where we are time-wise here. All right. Uh, oh, 43 minutes. All right, let's do some more here. Let's see what we got. Um, all right. Uh, Brian Plum. Comedian, funny dude from the Boston area, writes, animal eating burger at the urinal. It's already funny. It's like, I don't even know how, this is just so funny. Hey, Paul, uh, first time writing in. 
Uh, I love Brian. Brian's really funny. If you're out in that area, check him out. I'm in the middle of Maine, about to perform at a at a gas station. There's also a bar. <laughs> it's insane, and people are smoking cigarettes around the gas station. Doesn't sound like the best idea, but it's Maine, so that's par for the course. Here's my unacceptable. I went to the bathroom and saw a guy eating a cheeseburger while taking a piss at the urinal. <laughs> that's fucking great. Yes, dick in one hand, burger in the other with dipping sauce set on top of the toilet. That's one of the funniest things. <laughs> oh my, what kind of fat piece of shit eats at a, first of all, eats a burger at a gas station. Fine, I'll give you that it's a bar. But dipping it in the toilet, you can't wait to hold your dick for, what's, a, what's the longest piss a man could do? Let's just say two minutes. And if you're pissing for two straight minutes, you've been fucking drinking for fucking three straight hours. All right. Uh, you can't wait two minutes. You have to fucking put your dick-infested hands and dip it in a sauce. Oh, Brian, that's so funny. I can't tell you if I was impressed or mortified. How big of a fat fuck are you where you're taking a... Uh, where are you where taking a piss doesn't detour you from shoving that burger down your face? Lock him in a cage with no pants, a toilet, and four cheeseburgers. Come back to New England soon. Oh, Brian, killed it. That's a great one. That is a great one. Another first-time writer in uh, and a very funny comic. That's a, that's gross, dude. Um, let's see here. Uh, okay, okay, okay. This says... Uh, this is from Hami. What up, Paul? On the last TVE, you mentioned being in Montreal, but I don't see it on your website. Uh, what shows are you doing out there? I'll be there from Wednesday to Saturday. want to see if I could catch that show you're on. Uh, on a side note, it is always awesome to hear my unacceptable on TVE. But my name is actually pronounced Omi. Oh, okay. You had me uh, catching flashbacks when I was in kindergarten. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Um... And everybody said your name wrong. Yeah, me too. People used to say that. Uh, and I didn't have the heart to correct them until I got to high school. You had me cringing and laughing <laughs> the whole time. Uh, you're the best. Brother. See you soon. Well, yeah, well, um, I'm going to be, uh, it looks like I'm doing Kevin Hart's show. I'm going to be doing Kevin Hart's show out there. Uh, the Laugh, uh, laugh Out Loud live. Uh, so I think I'm going to be out there from, yeah, the, I'm going to be out there from the 25th to the 27th. Uh, looking forward to seeing you, uh, Omi, right, Omi, I gotta make sure I said that right, I'm still fucking it up, let me see here, yeah, Omi, I gotta fuck that up, I, yeah, I can't, you know what it is, cause when you see like the word mommy, and then it's spelled like that, you're like, oh, it's an H, so it's Hami, but it's, it's, it's actually Omi, gotcha, uh, let's see here, all right, got a couple, got a couple more, not too much, not too much more here, but I, I like to, you know, I like to get to the fans. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Adrian Phoenix. Hello, Paul. Well, I appreciate you coming back to Phoenix, uh, to the Phoenix uh, metropolitan area. Why did you pick to return uh, to Snotsdale? Scottsdale. Uh, just a little insight of. Scottsdale from a local uh, Phoenixian, Phoenixian, whatever, I guess, whatever, from someone from fucking Phoenix, let's say that. 
Scottsdale, Arizona is called Snotsdale due to its overabundance of lonely, self-absorbed douchebags living off of their mommy's money. I cannot begin to explain the bigotry and racism that flows through that area of Phoenix. Um, for that, my friend, I say unacceptable. You should play stand-up live Phoenix or even the Tempe Improv, which is right uh, next to Scottsdale, but at least ethnic people can go there without feeling uh, as if they were about to be skinned alive and burned at the cross. Jesus! Or better yet, followed by a police officer after the show simply because you had 10 shots in the last hour and you accidentally stepped on the, uh, the brake instead of the clutch. It was a simple fucking accident, officer. Oh, boy. Um, anyway, I'll get tickets to see you at the thing. <laughs> Thanks for thinking of us in Burning Valley, and thank you for the great podcast. I don't know what I would do without it. Well, thank you. Sincerely, Adrian. Um, okay, and then, uh, well, first of all, I am doing stand-up live. I'm doing, I'm not going to Scottsdale. Uh, did I, did I say the wrong thing? Uh, I am doing stand-up live in Phoenix. That's where I am going to be. I will be a stand-up live in Phoenix from July 21st to the 23rd. So did I screw that up? Hold on. Now you got me thinking. Now you got me thinking that I screwed that up on my site. So now I got to look at that. But no, I'm going to be at Stand Up Live. Stand Up Live and uh, in in uh, Phoenix. So maybe I screwed up and said Scottsdale. Now I got to fucking double check that. But um, you know what? This will give you a clear. This will be more clear. Anyway, so let me see here. Uh, I will be from July yeah, Phoenix, Arizona, from July 21st, Friday, two shows, 7.30 and 10. Saturday, two shows, 7 and 9.30. Sunday, one show, Stand Up Live, Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, good. You scared me on that. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, and then you asked me a question here about, uh, about comedy um, and, uh, you know, insight on comedy. Um, well, you know what, man, if you come and check me out, you know, if you're coming out to the show, man, I definitely always tell anybody or talk to anybody about, you know, any fans of mine that are interested in comedy or want to talk about it, man, hit me up after the show. And, uh, as long as I can, I can time-wise and stuff, I'll always talk to the fans about, about standup. Um, all right, two more here, guys, and then we will move on. I know it's with the long, uh, with the delay, there was more unacceptables. Don't worry. I give, I'm going to put you guys in overtime. How about that? How about that? I'm going to give you guys a little overtime on this one. I got some shit to talk about sports. We're going to easily go over an hour on this one, but I just had to catch up with everything. Then I got the the Patreons coming out, and then a special podcast coming out this week, Wednesday, where uh, I'm actually flying somewhere to do it. And um, it should be really fucking awesome. And I, I don't want to say anything until it definitely happens, but I'll just say this. There is probably a 90% chance I'm having a very very, very special guest on the show. And that would be Wednesday. It would come out Wednesday too. So uh, that's that's why. But here we go. Let me let me uh, knock these out here and then we'll do some sports. We will, I want to talk some restaurants. I'm going to talk some restaurants with you people when you're visiting, especially if you're coming and you're visiting, um, you know, you're visiting New York. I could give you a couple of um, really cool spots. All right. Uh, one's in Westchester, one's in Brooklyn. Talk about that too. Here we go. Supermarket unacceptable. From Jack, 
And Jack says, first off, thanks for the podcast. I'm a huge fan, been listening for about a year, and I have some unacceptables that I've accumulated but haven't had the balls to send them in. Well, Jack, now's your chance, buddy. Here we go. Using a check in a supermarket express check. <laughs> that already had me laughing. That's fucking hilarious. Using a check in a supermarket express checkout lane. I was at a Publix a while ago while it was busy and got in the express lane. Slowly, we creeped up until the guy in front of me got up to the checkout. Instead of paying with cash or card like a normal 21st century human being, he whips out <laughs> a checkbook and proceeds to write a check. Oh, my God. Complicating things is he speaks no English or Spanish. This is Miami, after all, and the cashier was literally ne- uh, has literally never had to deal with this 1950s technology. Number two, using coupons in the above-mentioned checkout lanes. Uh, uh, dude, I'm with you. I'm with you, dude. Uh, yesterday, I was in a supermarket, and I had this lady. Uh, had about three items. She whips out a coupon for a different item and proceeds to argue with the poor clerk for about 10 minutes about what it covers. When she finally realizes she's wrong, she pays uh, her roughly $20 bill in ones. Anyway, lock these two mouth breathers in the checkout lanes designated exclusively (laughs) used for their uh, ilk. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Love the podcast. Come down to South Florida sometime or better yet. Uh, open for Billy Booze Bags when he plays at the Hard Rock in December. Yeah, man, I uh, I don't know, dude. I think, uh, you know, me and Bill, it's going to be really seldom now when we're working together. Um, but, but you know, sometimes it happens. And uh, you know what? I will be with him in South Florida for the football game because I believe we're going to the uh, Florida-USC game down at the Swamp, which should be awesome, which should be really awesome. I'm looking forward to going to that game. Um, but thank you for the submission, dude. That's so funny. Uh, using a check in the express checkout and then the coupons. You know, it's funny that you say that too, because I ran into a store yesterday. I had to buy a, uh, I had to, what did I buy? I had to run into a target and they had the express lanes. And I remember I just went there. I had two items, two quick items. What the fuck was it? And, um, Oh my God. Anyway, I just went in and I just remember like, and I'm going like, yeah, come on, come on, check out, let's go. And they're like, do you want any coupons? So I'm like, no, no, I'm like just trying to hit the thing. It's like, I'm not going to buy two fucking items in the express and start putting in coupons. It's like, what the fuck are we trying to save over here? Um, here we go. There's only one more guys. Is there one more? Yes. There's only one more. Last one. Last one. Michelle, uh, Kalikinski. Uh, Kolakinski, I think I got that right, Michelle. How about that? Says, uh, Unacceptables. Verzi, I wrote in for the first time ever last week. Yeah, I thought that that seemed familiar. And look at me, writing in again. Let me call this unacceptable. I'm the asshole. All right, here we go. We're going to finish this up with Michelle and get to some stuff. When a friend fucks up and doesn't at least apologize, it's not only disappointing, but unacceptable. A couple of months ago, when my husband and I moved across the country, two awesome friends helped us uh, by driving one of our two vehicles. Well, that's very nice. One of the friends offered to use uh, her iPass 
for the tolls. I guess that's like easy pass, I'm assuming. Um, we tried explaining to her that it would not work in my car. You got to register that shit. I never, I, I knew, I'm sorry, I knew there'd be tolls, which is why I left money in the car for them to use. Well, Paul, she didn't listen because recently I received a bill in the mail. Oh boy. Uh, from the, I guess I'm going to say the Illinois, is that, I don't know, IL uh, toll uh, system for three missed tolls plus fines for each one. Not cool. I hesitate telling her about this bill. She's not an easy person to <laughs> to have to school and she can't take jokes. So I couldn't come at her from that angle. But I got my husband in my ear asking me every day, did you tell her her <laughs> That is, so, you know, what's funny is it feels like the roles are reversed here because that would be my wife. That would be my wife doing it. Like I would be, I would be like kind of, I would kind of not mention it and just be like, what do I do? And my wife would be like, you need to fucking tell. Uh, so your husband, uh, every other day, did you tell her her fucking past didn't work? When the hell is she going to send us the money? What is her problem? Finally, I told her about it. She brushed it off like it was no big deal and said uh, she would research it. That's hilarious. I'm going to research this uh, and buy more time and hopefully you forget it and I'm not going to pay you. A couple of weeks passed and I didn't hear anything. Of course you didn't. My husband wants to send the payment in. So he was like, F her. Uh, we ain't getting the money. So I reached out again. I figured it wasn't going to get... The, uh, yeah, you're right. I figured if I wasn't going to get the money from her, I'd at least like an apology. So uh, I outright said, hey, are you going to apologize or what? Instead, this chick went off on me. She pulled the old uh, one, <laughs> a onesie, two, wait, onesie twosie on me, Paul. <laughs> Saying she's got other things going on in her life. This isn't a priority. She's so sorry she didn't, uh, she didn't back to me. Wait, she, she's so sorry she didn't back to me uh, in my timeline. So obviously she's now dead to me. Oh, wow. This ended a relationship. See, that sucks. I was taught when you fuck up uh, uh, who either uh, own up to it or you apologize. Either way, uh, you got to make it right. Yeah, you do. You got to make it right. Uh, yeah, all right. Okay, you meant it right. Okay. I was hoping she'd apologize, and then I'd say, uh, way to go, asshole, and we'd move on. Unacceptable to not admit when you're wrong. Oh, and the fucking money I left in the car was gone. Oh, man. Are you serious? Oh, that just took her to another level of piece of shit. You want her out of your life now. Uh, we bought her a plane ticket back home, gave her spending money, and I'm the asshole for telling her her fucking iPads won't work and I want a motherfucking apology for it. Uh, in other more exciting and completely... Oh, okay. You're. I'm sorry, you're in Phoenix. Uh, so I guess the IL thing wasn't Illinois. Okay. In other words, uh, I mean, in other more exciting and completely uh, acceptable news, my husband gave me the best birthday present. Tickets to see you in Phoenix in a couple of weeks. Looking forward uh, to an awesome night. You are the best. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Michelle, I appreciate it. I love that you're writing in. See, you're comfortable now writing in. See, you were nervous, 
And now you're comfortable. So that's awesome. Uh, and that is really unacceptable. Unacceptable on multiple levels. But the real unacceptable is uh, actually both. No, they're both. They're both equally like taking the money though in the car and just not saying it is just such a piece of shit. I mean, you bought her a plane ticket, gave her spending money. She just went through the fucking eye pass without anything. Let you get the, I mean, it's just an all around. Wow. Uh, thank you so much to everybody. Uh, for your unacceptables. Uh, I know they were a little longer this week, but I wanted to make sure that I got the majority of them. Uh, and, and, you know, do that. So anyway, uh, hope you're, oh Jesus. I got one twenty. This is very short. I got one 23 hours ago that I have to do that. I have to do Uh iPhone unacceptable. It's very short. It's from Maureen Begley. And I have to do this for Maureen. Dear Paul, hope you're well. My unacceptable, uh, could just be my phone's fault, but maybe you can help or shed some light. For some reason, I haven't been able to hear the last few podcasts. Uh, okay, yeah, you were telling me that. Th- uh, and then you said, never mind, you figured it out on Podbean. You couldn't hear th- 308 through 312. You were listening uh, to 313 now. I went to your show at the Hartford Funny Bone on May 31st. I was the short girl in the bright shirt who caught you in the hallway and also talked to you after the show. You asked me what I was doing to help myself because we discussed depression and addiction. Thank you again for being so caring and genuine. It, uh, it helped. I was hoping uh, you commented on 309 about the show or perhaps our interjection. Uh, I'm sorry, our interaction. My other unacceptable is after all that time talking, I forgot to take a picture with you. Too much Jameson. Uh, and it's unacceptable, my phone acting up, and I'm missing podcasts. Not sure how to fix it, but anyway, I hope your special goes well. Can't wait to see you again. Much love and support, Maureen. Yes, Maureen, I remember you. I got your other one saying that you did, uh, that you, you figured it out with the thing. Uh, she said, too much Jameson, haha. Maybe it was. I would have taken a picture, and I hope you're doing good. I was glad to talk to you. Anybody that comes up and says that what I went through with the depression and uh, what I went through, uh, I'd love to talk to them. Of course. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, uh, the, the thing with, um, talking about interactions is I didn't even know, like if I didn't, I wouldn't want to bring that up. Like, cause I know you were trying to talk about the unacceptables and, uh, you know, I didn't know if you wanted me to do that, but yeah, what, what Maureen is saying was, uh, she yelled something about the, the podcast while I was on stage. And then she was like, Oh, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, it's totally, totally cool. Just a diehard fan. And I appreciate it. Um, and I appreciate that, uh, you listen and you were upset about the phone. I'm glad you got the phone working and there you go. So speaking of iPhones, by the way, I'm getting the fucking iPhone eight when it comes out in September, October, I am leaving Android. I am never going back. Fuck it, dude. Fuck the galaxy. This thing gets like dim on me out of nowhere. Almost killed me when I was trying to get directions. This phone, listen, I don't give a fuck that it's waterproof and little Wayne dumped fucking champagne on it. I'm done with it. I am done with it. Uh, those are the unacceptables. If you guys have unacceptables for me, please submit them to unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. Okay, that's unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com. Or you can send them to my Twitter, which is at Paul Verzi, V-I-R-Z-I. Okay, um, I have a lot of shows coming up, but I'll get to the plugs later. I'm not done with you people yet. You're getting a longer one on this Saturday afternoon, Okay. You are getting a longer one. Uh, so, 
Let's see here. Sports, should we go? We'll go sports. No, I got to shout out these restaurants is what I have to do. All right, that's what I definitely 1,000% have to do. I have to shout out the restaurants. Um, I went to this uh, restaurant called, uh, oh, what is this? Okay, hold on real quick. I'm sorry, guys. You know this always happens. This always happens. It's only one. I think yeah, it's only one on Twitter. But Jim McMenamin at Jim underscore McMenamin. If you guys remember, I fucked Jim's name up for a very long time. He sent me something. Said Paul, uh, and he's at Jim underscore McMenamin. Uh, big M, small C, big M, E N, A M I N. Paul, a guy is using a typewriter and whiteout at the bar I'm currently drinking at in Portland, Oregon. Unacceptable. And I see the picture of it. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, that was a tweet. So yeah, you could guys could tweet me quick ones like that too. I love to read those as well. Anyway, I stopped. I did a show last night in Queens. And uh, I stopped by the standing room. Had a good time. It's a small little room in Queens. Love to work out some material there and stuff. And, you know, I'm just trying to sharpen up some jokes and all this. So I'm driving and I noticed that I'm near Greenpoint Avenue, which is in Brooklyn. And uh, I went back to Ringo Levio. Okay? So check this out. Ringo Levio is a restaurant that two guys I went to high school with opened and another guy who went to the rival high school, but somebody that I was always cool with opened up. Uh, so, and it was a shout out to uh, PJ Harris, Kevin Scora, and Travis Banks, all kids I went to school with. Well, I knew that they had this restaurant in um, Brooklyn uh, for now like three, four years, I believe. And um, I stopped in there. I stopped in there actually right after the right after the Madison Square Garden show. I was around there and I stopped in there with a buddy, and the food was exceptional. Homemade pasta. They come out with the meats, the prosciutto. All it's it's just an amazing place. And um, you know, I was gonna do the after party there if I uh, didn't realize I was getting fucking snaked by a certain company uh, when I was gonna do my pot when I was gonna do my special in Brooklyn in May. And we were going to have the after party at Ringo Levio. So uh, thank those guys, too, so much for, for that uh, opportunity and, and, and to open up the, the doors to me and my people. It was going to be an amazing time. But, you know, we're going to do something there anyway because the, the room is incredible. Um, so I'm driving by and I realize I'm close to it. I was like, let me stop back in. So I stopped back in. Uh, PJ was there. Name like me, Paul. Uh, and you know, he comes out I haven't seen him in a while. I haven't seen him in a little bit, like two years. And, um, just the unbelievable dude. I had a, I had a salad with prosciutto and fucking melon that was unfucking believable unbelievable. And, uh, then I had a lamb, a lamb kebab, uh, which was just so good, man. And it was like, I'm trying to eat healthy. So with the with the salad and then the the lamb and the and the vegetables, but just such an amazing place. And then they have the four five six bar in the back, and uh, it's just this amazing. It's 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 like this open space. Like it would be like if if I don't know. It's almost like it's. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just this open space, and it's a sick bar, and it's got all these awesome like retro like chairs and couches and each one is different and they got these boxes on the wall with all these like older antiques and this the lights are dim and it's like it feels like this private it's fucking amazing man 
amazing. The bathroom's got dice on the ceiling because of four, five, six, CeeLo, you know, the dice game. That's what they named it after. And um, my mom collects all kinds of stuff that they put in there. My mom would fucking lose her shit if she went into this place. Like, I almost want to take her for a meal because I think she's going to love it. Um, and I'm, I want to do that, but I'm going to have a party there. And, um, I just can't, I just can't say enough good things about it. I can't say enough good things about the food, the back of the bar. I mean, the bar is open till four o'clock in the morning. I believe it's just sick. And it, you, the food is, is, uh, awesome. Check it out. It's called Ringo Levio and the four, five, six bar. And they're right next to each other. They're connected. And it's in, um, I guess it's not Greenpoint exactly. I guess it's technically Williamsburg. But um, it's awesome. It is awesome. Check it out. Google it. If you're in Brooklyn, if you're in New York City, any borough, put in Ringo Levio and uh, get over there and check it out. And um, it, you, you will not be disappointed. All right. Uh, also, when I was in Portchester, I went to the Terry Lodge. And again, service was amazing. We had uh, I had fish and it was fucking, they were just so nice, you know. Little complimentary, uh, what is it, prosecco or whatever the fuck? I don't know, but it was a really cool place. So if you're in that area uh, and you want to check it out, go to the Terry Lodge. It was great. Shout out to Steve Mazzilli for for putting that together. But that was awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, I just you know when you get older and you know you eat and drink like a gentleman and not an animal who fucking does a shot and then throws back two beers and does another shot, then smokes weed and pukes in the back. Like when you get past that phase. You got to be a gentleman. And uh, I love good restaurants. I love good booze. I love to, you know, you just love it the good way, the good shit. Um, so those are two gems I gave you. Ringo Levio and um, the Terry Lodge, which um, was great. As a matter of fact, I went to the Terry Lodge twice after doing the shows in Porchester. And uh, they, they were great. So uh, there you go with that. Sports guys. Well, would Phil Jackson, all you fucking Phil Jackson, would Phil Jackson have spent $71 million on Tim Hardaway Jr., a player we already had? No, I don't think so. Dumping out all our money on Tim Hardaway Jr., I don't think so. Okay? So now if this French kid turns out to be good, which I think he's going to be, because Porzingis was Phil Jackson's pick, and guess what happened with that? He was really fucking good, right? Really good, to the point where Danny Ainge almost did anything to get him, but we acted a little unreasonable, which we should have. But Phil Jackson picked Kristaps uh, Porzingis. Let's not forget that. Phil Jackson also picked this French kid. I know he fucking yawns and he was sleeping, but he's also hopped up on back medicine because his back is a fucking mess. Can you give the guy a break? I think if you were 70-something years old and you were popping perks every day just to fucking stand up, you'd be, you'd be fucking yawning in some fucking shitty Vanderbilt kid's fucking workout too. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying Phil Jackson did great. You know, the Joakim Noah deal was bad. And him publicly trashing Mello was bad. But you know what? Read between the lines. All he wanted to do, somebody said this on the radio, they were right. All he wanted to do was see how the triangle worked with his plan without Carmelo. And he went about it the wrong way. But he wouldn't have spent $71 million on fucking Tim Hardaway Jr. That much I could promise you. The Knicks are just forever getting in their own way. It's awful. Um, let's see here. What else? Yankees really came back down to earth, man. We went to the game on 4th of July. Oh, my 4th of July party. I, we did the fireworks. Not like we did the first, not like we did last year. Last year, I fucking blew up the sky like Macy's. I really did. This year, we had a little bit, nice amount. It was pretty cool. Had some big ones go off and, and it was nice. But, um, then we went 
Uh, on 4th of July, went to the Yankee game. Saw Aaron Judge hit his 28th. Now he's got 30, but we just keep losing. The bullpen stinks, and uh, yeah, they're hurting right now. But still fun to watch. I think still in second place, but uh, something's got to change because uh, I want to see them get to the playoffs. We'll see what happens with that. Movies, there was no movies, guys. No movies at all. Um, and what else? What else? A lot of shows coming up. A lot of shows coming up that I hope you guys can make. Okay? Um, and I also want to thank, because I asked you guys, because so you guys know I'm shooting the special. I'm shooting the special on um, August 13th at the Terrytown Music Hall, and I'm really excited about it. And, um, you know, people keep asking me where it's going to come out. You know, we have some interest certain places, but, you know, we're, we're going to put it together and obviously, you know, figure, figure that out. But uh, like I said, if you guys want to see it, wherever you want to see it, just put it out there. You know, uh, shout out to Chuck Chuck Taylor at You Know 0306. Said, put Paul Verzi's special out there on Netflix. Um, yeah, I would love, I would love, I'd love it on Netflix. I, listen, I, we're going to love it anywhere, you know, um, anywhere that, that wants to put it out. But I'm really excited about it. And um, we've had some interest from networks. Obviously, I'm not going to name anything right now because we have... A whole thing needs to happen, but, you know, there's definitely places that are interested, but, you know, if you want to see it somewhere, you want to see it on HBO, Netflix, Showtime, Comedy Central, wherever you want, tweet at them. They listen. They listen. So, uh, you know, some people are reaching out to Netflix and saying, if you think so, man, tweet it out. Uh, that's 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 the way to be here. And any comedy clubs, guys, any comedy clubs you want me to do, reach out to the owners. Speaking of that, I'm very excited, uh, very excited to uh, give you these dates right here. So uh, there's a lot of them, but I'm going to give you a lot of dates right now. I'm due to plugs right now, but you let me know. I love how I say you let me know as if I'm talking to you right now. Um, come out and get tickets if I'm in your area. I know some people reached out. Like Michelle's coming to Phoenix. Here we go, guys. This is uh, this is the, the tour dates that I will be doing um, leading up to the special in August. Mid-August. Here we go. The tour dates are... I will be from July 21st, is it? Is it? Is it July 21st? I gotta fucking get this. I gotta get my shit together. I mean, what the fuck, Paul? You just had the fucking thing. And now you're... You know, you would think I'd be prepared to set out dates that I want people to... Oh, here we go. All right, I got it. I got it. Here's the summer tour dates. Okay, I will be in Dewey Beach, Delaware, July 18th, one night only. July 21st through the 23rd, I will be at Stand Up Live in Phoenix, Arizona. That is a top comedy club in the country. Stand Up Live, Phoenix, Arizona, just a couple of weeks away, 21 through 23. Please come out to that show. That was one I was I opened for Burr there. It's one of my favorite. I, I had such a good time there. It's such an awesome room. Uh, that's uh, July 21 through 23. July 25 through 27, I will be running around the Montreal Comedy Festival doing some shows. Uh, I believe I'm doing Kevin Hart's show, but we, we I don't know. Uh, all that will be announced soon. Um, July 28th through the 29th, I will be in Foxborough, Massachusetts at Patriot Place. That's right, kind of right where the Patriots play. A whole complex there where the Patriots play. 
uh, in Foxborough. I will be there. Okay. Um, August. This is another amazing club. August 4th through 6th, I will be at Hilarity's 4th Street Theater in Cleveland, Ohio. Another top room in America. Great people, great comedy. I grew up in this room doing, you know, opening for people on the road. So happy to be there headlining my own weekend. Come out to Hilarity's 4th Street Theater in Cleveland. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Okay. And uh, August 11th, I'll be at Governor's Comedy Club in Levittown. August 12th, I'll be at McGuire's Comedy Club in Bohemia. Both of those, 11 and 12, are in Long Island. I will be uh, fine-tuning the special, which is then August 13th, guys. Okay? So um, check out those. I also have some New York City dates crammed in the middle of there. The Stand, um, maybe uh, New York Comedy Club, Dangerfield. A couple of them we're waiting on. But as far as, like, weekends away... Uh, those are going to be the tour dates leading up to the special. So please check that out. And I will also have a flyer out with all the dates that you guys can that you guys can check as well. Okay. So uh, there you have it, guys. Um, that's it for the show. Thank you so much. Please check out and support my sponsors. Chassis. Okay. Chassis. Premium uh, body powder for men. Man care down there. Your testicles will thank you for it. The ball game is over. One of the best. Get their premium powder. Get their uh, five-in-one shower primer and get their extreme cream. Get it at uh, chassisformen.com or also on Amazon, guys. You guys will thank me uh, when you try this product. It is uh, top, top notch. Also, City Living Dog Services. Check out Coach Mike at citylivingdog.com and all things comedy, guys, for your favorite podcasts and albums and hopefully soon-to-be specials. I'm honored to be the first. Um, so you can check all that out as well. Thank you for listening to The Verzi Effect. This has been episode uh, 314. And until next time, I am out of here. You guys will be getting some extras very soon.